0: Jackie Larry Letney, Bucky to those who loved him most, was a 34-year-old from Zavala, Texas. He was a father and had made a living as a trapper. Sometime in February 1987, seemingly in Boundary, Alaska, Bucky left where he was living to walk to the store. He never returned. He was never seen again. I'm at Denzel. And this is Unfound. when I look out at the Gulf of Mexico at night, especially if a storm is coming in with lightning flashing and the waves churning, I think of those people who not so long ago chose to go out on the oceans, sailing in wooden ships, being pushed by cloth sails, and navigating by the stars. To our 21st century minds, it sounds crazy. Insane. Why? Because it was dangerous, and many people did die. Yet, people continued to do it anyway. To move up closer to modern times, people set off across North America in wagon trains, horses for power, wheels made out of wood, and no rest areas to get clean water or something out of the candy dispenser. Once again, to us... With our GPS systems and Yeti coolers? Insane. And to move even closer to now, within many of our lifetimes, the USA went to the moon using a level of engineering that looks like Legos now. Yet astronauts still wanted to go. Would today's SpaceX's and Virgin Galactics' pilots be so brave? Well, in the disappearance of Bucky Letney, he moved from the warm and friendly confines of Texas to one of the most inhospitable and remote areas of the Western Hemisphere, all in an effort to make some money. Then he was gone. And we're left to wonder what happened when Bucky went north to Alaska. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Bucky Letney was a father, but he was no angel. He had several run-ins with the law while in Texas. This unfortunately didn't change the first time around when he and his wife moved to Alaska in 1984. Before long, Bucky had issues with the police there. In fact, according to records, Bucky didn't go quietly during an arrest. Due to this, when Bucky had the chance, he and his wife moved back to Texas. For some reason, though, despite there being outstanding charges against him in Alaska, Bucky decided to move there again in late 1986, this time with a friend, Mike Myers. When they got to the border... The agents there checked Bucky's name, and the warrant for him popped up. He immediately was taken into custody. Mike, on the other hand, decided to return to Texas. Yet, Bucky got out of jail after a week or so with just a $50 fine. He then moved in with a guy he knew by the nickname High Grade. So, sometime in February of 1987, to hear High Grade tell it, Bucky left walking from the place they were staying in Boundary, Alaska, to go to the store. He never returned. He was never seen again. High grade never filed a police report, and a long period of time passed before anybody in Bucky's family in Texas figured out something wasn't right. When they did, the above story is what high grade told them. There is the suspicion due to the remoteness of the location and the weather. Police believed Bucky lost his way and died due to the elements. Bucky Letney's disappearance doesn't have a lot of information. In fact, it probably has the least amount of data of any missing person's case we've covered on Unfound. Yet that doesn't dissuade us. However, it also means there are still many unanswered questions. But these are the three main ones. Number one. Given the confusion over locations in Alaska, where exactly was Bucky living at the time of his disappearance? Number two, why did high-grade seemingly do nothing when Bucky didn't return? And number three, what are we to make of rumors and alleged sightings that say Bucky actually came back to Texas? The Letney family is a bit divided on what happened to Bucky. All they can seemingly agree upon is he is most likely not alive now, in 2020. The guest for this episode is Bucky's daughter, Connie Burrell. Unfound news. The second episode of Unfound Now came out last weekend. Did you catch it? It's on the YouTube channel right now. I decided to give some insight into the disappearance of Erica Lloyd from Walnut Creek, California. I've heard from her family since then, and they have linked to the video. They thanked Unfound for the coverage. Unfortunately, Erica is still missing. Next, we are slowly getting closer to the coming school year. Or are we, given all of the virus complications? Either way, I'm going to start contacting some of the professors I talked to earlier this year about speaking to some criminal justice classes. I will let you know how that goes. Finally, somebody has a birthday coming up. August 1st, to be exact. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Deezer, Facebook, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on our podcast channel for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. This week, I need to thank Gerald amy and charlotte you can also contribute to paypal paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast i'm so happy to have on this episode of unfound the daughter of jackie bucky letney connie burrell connie welcome to unfound
1: hi thanks for having me
0: you're very welcome connie um we just have to establish something here very early on in this discussion, is that when your father disappeared in uh, February of 1987, um, you were just a teenager, correct? Uh, yes, I was 15
1: at the time.
0: 15, okay. And when would you say you kind of uh, maybe took this on to um, you start looking into your father's disappearance? Um, not until
2: 2012.
0: Okay, so about eight years ago. Um,
1: Yes, it was just um, about, well, about the time my grandmother had passed away.
0: Okay, okay, and that would be your father's mother?
2: Mother. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, right about that time. All right, so about eight years uh, that you took that on, so you're just a few years younger than I am. Okay, Uh, so I just wanted the listeners to understand that before we went any further, that at the time you are a teenager – not responsible, you know, finding that he's missing. Of course, that's going to other people in your family who are adults at the time were going to take that on and then over time you've uh taken on the responsibility. So having established that, and listeners should know, we're going to refer to your father as Bucky uh during this discussion because that was his nickname. Um what do you remember uh about your father?
1: Um, he was, uh, fun, and he was always a lot of fun, and he liked to go on adventures, um, and he loved his kids, uh, he took my sister and I, the, my little sister and I out to do all kinds of things, um, and then he also had a side of him that was a little bit, um, on the addictive, <laughs> me side at times, but, um, but mm-hmm. still a lot of people liked him and respected him.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, at the age of 15, were you were you aware of this other side, this addictive side? Was that something you were aware of at 15, or is that something that maybe you didn't realize until you became an adult?
1: Um, well, I knew he wasn't – he didn't always make the best choices. He sometimes was abusive to his, his um, family, his wives especially. Um, I mean, I was aware when I was very young that he had a, a very uh, bad temper. Mm-hmm. And also that he tended to drink a little heavy at times, and then eventually he drank heavy all the time he also had multiple addictions, so I was aware I was just a kid that couldn't do anything about it
0: right right, and he did he had some issues uh with the law as well
1: um, yes, usually most of his life um. He just tends to have criminal behavior. Um, I think it's kind of a lot to do with how much adventure he liked to have in his life. Okay. So, um, yeah, off and on, he would, you know, get in fights or have the police called for different reasons. He would do criminal-type behaviors.
0: hmm Would you say, uh, and I should ask you this, how many children uh, does your father have?
1: Um, I have one sister that is uh, real close to my age. She's two years younger, and uh, she and I have the same parents. And then Mm -hmm. I have a half-sister who has a different mom than me that's uh, uh, about ten years younger than I am.
0: Ten years younger. Okay.
2: So there's there's two sisters besides me.
0: Okay. And so would you say that given all of this, though, would you say that you and your dad had a good relationship?
1: Um, We actually did. He, He... he really instilled a lot of uh characteristics in me that made me an independent person and I'm um, able to uh I hunted and fished with him. Um he was never abusive to me. Um I don't think he was to my sisters either. Um, but um he just exposed us to those when he was abusive to others. So mm-hmm. we had a pretty good relationship. I just I had higher expectations at times of him.
0: Right. Okay. I got you. Now, he has uh, some brothers and sisters as well. How many? We don't have to go through their names and everything, but how many brothers and sisters does he have?
1: Um, He had an older sister and a younger brother and sister.
0: Okay. So you had uh, two aunts and an uncle then on your father's side? Um, yes. Okay. All right. So that's a little bit about him. Now, I realize being that you were fifteen, I'm maybe going to ask you some questions that maybe you don't know, and that I want you to know that's totally fine, but in my position as a reporter for the audience, there may be some questions here that if you don't know the answers, that's totally fine, no big deal, but we just have to establish um you know where your knowledge is and what you remember from that time, and I would only ask you to respond you know what you remember and what you believe now. I understand that at some point in the early nineteen eighties did you and your father and your mother, uh, I guess your sister too, did you move to Alaska for a while?
1: Um, no. Um actually my father's connection with Alaska started when he married my mother. Okay. And he would go up there um during the pipe uh the pipelines.
2: Um
1: mm-hmm. uh, my mother and him met in the small town where they were from Um, they went back and forth over the, in the mid, probably the the mid seventies. Um, and then he, they had, uh, together, my parents and then they had split up and then he remarried, um, my stepmom and him and my stepmom went back up to Alaska and probably around 83 or 84
0: and they went
2: up there to live.
0: Okay. And and so you've never you and your sister or your half sister, um, have any of you ever lived in Alaska at any time?
1: Um, all of us did when we were younger. My my sister and I, my uh, we lived up there with my mom and dad and my mom's family, which her mother was from Alaska. She was a okay. And we lived up there when we were children. So mm-hmm. then uh like small
2: okay. um,
1: before school. And then um they came back, my mom Stage her and um, then a
0: few years later, that's when my dad went back
1: with my half sister and and her
0: mom, and they lived there when she was small. All
1: right, great. And at that time, yeah. All right, so, we so we, you know, not a long time. <laughs>
0: okay, that's fine. I just want to make sure that I understand this and the listeners understand this. So, what you're saying is that he, in the like you said, eighty three, eighty four, he went up there with his new wife and your half sister, who you just said before is about ten years younger than you are.
1: Right, she was just a baby. Okay,
0: and what your understanding? Once again, what do you think? What was going on in in Alaska? Was he he was working on the pipeline? Where were they living? Were they living in Anchorage, Fairbanks? Do you know? Um, we got letters
2: from
1: them. My stepmom was. was uh, always reaching out and sending letters from Alaska, so when they were up there. And um, they were in a small town just outside of the border. I think it's called Boundary at at that time. And um, my dad was, from what I understand, he was a mechanic. He also um, did a lot of trapping of animals, you know, for their Mm. fur and stuff. Um, So, But I think the majority of his work was being a mechanic and – They were not far from the border crossing, I think. So um, I I guess
0: that's what they were doing. Okay. And when you say the border crossing, what you're saying, they lived on the extreme eastern side of Alaska, right there next to Canada, which I believe would be the province of British Columbia. Yeah, somewhere like that. Uh, Somewhere, or the Northwest Territory, whatever it's called up there. Maybe I should know my geography a little better of Canada. But up in that very eastern uh, part of Canada… or are you yeah, part of Alaska? Well,
1: right. Okay. Um, and I think he spent some time in Fairbanks as well. I think he, you know, he he uh, maybe, but I'm not real sure. I haven't I have talked to my stepmom about it ever.
0: Okay. Now, though, at some point, though, they decided to, to I guess, come back to Texas. Do you know the reason for that?
1: I do not know um, exactly why they came back. Um he had been writing letters to us, hoping that we would, my sister and I, would visit um, at least for a summer vacation, and um, and then just one afternoon, my my mom had said that they were back in Texas, and um, said that, you know, I found out that they were here.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I never
1: found out the reason uh, until later on when I was doing some um, investigation of my own. There's a possibility that he had some. Uh, issues with the police that uh, with the laws, you know, in, in Alaska and that could possibly be
0: why he came home. I don't know. Okay, so and we're certainly going to talk about that a little bit later. So they come back into uh the Texas area uh for some reason and did you have a lot of communication? Did you see your father a lot once he came back that time or not?
1: Um, I did. Um, actually my mom was having some personal issues and we um all decided that it would be best if my sister and I lived with my dad and my stepmom and um my younger sister. So for that school year we moved in with my father and his and then my stepmom,
2: okay. um,
1: Katie and then and, and then um and then we spent a year with them, uh, about a year. Um my dad, when we first with in, he was in Louisiana. He was a uh, shrimp. Uh, he had a couple. Of, he rented or raised a couple of shrimp boats um, in a small town called Holly Beach, and so we we stayed there for a while. Um, and then uh, abruptly, in the middle of the night, um, for some unknown reason, he had to leave. My dad was um, just I don't know his behavior, his criminal behavior. Maybe had caused some sort of difficulty with somebody. So uh, we moved around. I think I changed schools living with him about 11 times in one school year.
0: 11 times in one year?
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, it it was kind of, um, for me personally, I mean, it was crazy strange, but maybe, um, maybe only like eight times, like eight or 11. So within two years, eight or 11 years. Um, so... Um, he would have something going on, uh, some sort of issue with somebody locally or something maybe that he had done, and from out of nowhere, we would just move. Um, it eventually became where we were moving so often that we just didn't even have anything on us except what all was good in the truck for the whole, all five of us, um, wow. you know. So mostly it was because of, of you know, something going on. Uh, maybe he owed somebody some money. I don't really know. <laughs> okay. But that's how, that's how the year went. We spent with him
2: before he
0: left. And so if you could, um, what year, if you can remember, uh, what year was that, this year of moving around in all these different schools? Uh, what what year?
1: Um, it's 86. It started like around um, the very beginning. We moved in with him um, like at Christmas vacation. Of '85, and then just at the beginning of '86 is when we moved in. So it's probably yeah, less than a year, like from the beginning of '86 until the end
0: of '86. Okay. And uh, what did your uh, stepmother have to say about all of this? I mean, he was—I guess he was the one that was causing. The, this all of this moving around. Did, did she ever explain to you or to your sister um, about why this was happening? Did she seem exasperated by it? How would you say her attitude was during this time?
1: Um, I, I, she at that point I think was just used to his erratic type behavior. Um, and they were um, quite a few different years apart. He was quite a bit older than her, so she just basically went along with things. Mm. At some point, I think that she got frustrated, um, enough that she was ready to leave the marriage. Um, mm. and so it was going to be just my sister, my dad, and I, and my stepmom and my half-sister, um, they went to stay with her family. Okay. And, um, uh, um, so, um, and then it was just, We moved in, my dad, my sister, um, we moved in with my grandmother. He actually had a a school bus that he made into, like, a camper house that was um, about one lot or a block, less than a block away from my grandmother, and we kind of stayed there on a second piece of property that she owned. So um, my stepmom and my half-sister, they weren't there anymore, Um, and then my grandmother was just down the way, um, you know, and... Okay. Um she kinda helps my dad with us and stuff.
0: Wow. So uh yeah, um uh, Sounds like some tough yeah. times, Connie.
1: It was um it was I was a kid, it was an adventure. Um he liked to take me hunting, he liked for me to help him fish, I was driving his truck at a young age. Um he kinda treated me like his son, um and I had no problem you know, playing that role most of the time. <laughs> it okay. was fun. Okay. Um, it, at the time him and my stepmom during their separation and then eventually their divorce, I mean they had some issues and um they went to court and um you know, that, that was kinda hard on everyone.
0: Mhm. Okay. So you're so she and your half sister who was ten years, approximately ten years younger than you are, uh, they moved out and so you're with your sister uh, and your father living sometimes with your grandmother, sometimes in this bus, and this continues throughout the year of uh,
1: 1986. Um, yeah, that that was in the fall of '86 um, that we finally ended up at my grandmother's after living a couple, you know, other places. Um. And, yeah.
0: Okay. And what uh, what city what town would this have been in Texas?
1: Um, it's in East Texas. It's a small town. My grandmother is from a small town called Zavala, Texas. Um, it's just outside of Luckey and Angelina County. <laughs> um,
2: right. It's a
1: really small town. We went to school there when we were younger, and then we ended up coming back. My grandmother was always from there.
0: All right. So you have this uh, situation. You're uh, living with your father. I'm guessing that your mother is still going through these issues. That's why maybe you didn't go back with her.
1: Correct. Yes, she was still having some issues of her own. Um, And so uh, we – hello?
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Um, I thought you
0: said something. Okay. So she – that's the reason that you didn't maybe go back with her or maybe shared Mm -hmm. custody or something like that. And what was your uh, father doing for work during the year of
1: 1986? Um, He was always very self-employed. He had his fishing uh, in shrimp boats. So we would, uh, you know, when we were in Louisiana, um, do the shrimp boat thing. And when we got to Texas, um, he was mostly involved in criminal behavior. didn't have any type of full-time job. Sometimes he did mechanic work. Um, there's a possibility he was involved with drugs. Um, and he was, of course, private about some of that, and, so I was, and I was young, so I don't know exactly how involved he was, but he didn't have any specific job at that time.
0: Okay. All right, so this this is going on, and do you remember uh, the day or around the time that you heard that he decided he was going to go back to Alaska?
1: Um, Yes. Well, he didn't actually plan anything. Um, It seemed that his um, going to Alaska was last minute. Um, We weren't sure why he decided to go that day. He just came home and he had this car. Um, And I kind of, at 15, I was looking forward to getting my license and driving soon, And I thought the car might be for me. And he specifically said to me that it was stolen and I couldn't have it. And then he just came up and said, I'm leaving for Alaska today. And I want you guys to come up here, up there after school is out. And um, I had a friend over at the time and she and I were outside and, um she was you know she knew my dad real well, um, and so we just kind of watched him leave and just waved by i I wasn't I didn't even have time to get upset; it was just so sporadic in last moment,,
0: oh, it was that quick,
1: yes, possibly he was running from something, possibly running from some sort of uh criminal activity that he may have done that he felt like he was gonna get caught doing um mm. I was never, you know, sure why he left so quickly.
0: Okay. How long would you say it was, maybe a matter of days, uh, how many days would you say it was from the time he found out that he was going to be going back to Alaska and him leaving?
1: How many days? Yeah. No. No, no, he came home with a car and left that day. Wow. I mean,
0: That's fast. it was
1: yeah, um, there was no talk of, we may go back to Alaska, mm. I want to go back to Alaska. I mean, I kind of always knew my dad was going to go back, and he just, he was he was called up there. He, he loved it. So, um, you know, I knew eventually he would, but there was no talk at that time of him leaving.
0: Okay. And who did he leave we, you and your sister with?
1: We were going to stay with my grandmother until my mom was ready for us to come and stay with her again.
0: Okay, so when he left that day, year. your grandmother became your guardians. She did. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, she
1: had no. And she was quite upset that he was leaving so abruptly, and um, you know, and didn't and didn't really have an explanation. She she always was concerned about what he might be involved with, but you know, she did not never know exactly what was going on.
0: Now, what's important, I think, to understand here is that. Your father did not decide to go back to Alaska alone. He went with a guy whose name is Mike Myers, M Y E R S. Uh, do you remember Mike uh, back at the time? Did he come around, you know, the bus or your grandmother's? Do you do, do you remember him at all?
1: Um, no, no, I don't know who that is. Um, I only know the name. Um, I and I know that he was. Uh supposed to have went and 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 then in Alaska with him and that's at the border. So I don't I
0: don't know who that was. Okay. So maybe I should ask you this then. When he just is up and decided to go to Alaska that day, once again within a, a few hours and you and your sister were going to stay with your grandmother, were you under the impression at the time that he was going alone? Yes. All right. So, yes I was. Okay. So when you saw him leave he was not with mike you thought that he was going to be driving up there by himself
2: yes okay
0: all right and we'll come back to mike in a moment now this car uh is this a car that your father owned or is there a belief out there that it might have been stolen
1: no um my dad told me it was stolen he did um,
0: okay
1: he did he I asked him if it was my car, and he, and he kind of said, anyway, this car doesn't belong to anybody, something along that line. Like, he let me know that it wasn't his car. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't, and, um, and, you know, he just let me know. I was waiting on him to buy me a car, you know, or help me find a car.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was ready. And so that's that's how I remember the car. Um, just that he said that it wasn't, it didn't belong to anybody. Okay. So, um, that she said something that made me believe that it was stolen. I don't know that it's ever been proven that it was. I'm okay. not sure that it, anyone has ever said that it it was
0: okay, it was just unowned
1: it, yeah, I mean it, it we had never seen the car before when you when you drove up in it, All right. he, like had, went.
0: do you do you remember what kind of car it was
1: um like it, I know it was red, and it was like a... A four-door, possibly a
2: Nova or something
1: like that back then. Okay. Sort of shiny. I don't know. All right. It was an older car at
2: the time.
0: All right. So when it appeared out there that day, you had never seen it before? No. All right. So he just up and decides to go to Canada. You're not aware, at least at the time, that he was going with this other guy, Mike Myers. Uh, When did you find out that he did go to Canada with somebody else?
1: Um, I had heard rumors that he went um, with someone else. Um, I was so young back then that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: no one really spoke to us about what was going on. I had an aunt that was involved, but I didn't actually find out exactly until a couple weeks ago um, that that for sure that he was there personally. Um, So I had talked to someone in Alaska, and they had said that when my dad was arrested at the border – there was a man with him named Mike Myers, and Mike Myers at this time has, been, has passed away. Amen. So um, that's when I actually had, you know, the facts mm-hmm. of, of the story. But no one's ever discussed with me who Mike Myers was, where he um, – I guess he was from our, our area. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I know. And in the, in the, the police officers in Alaska, the state troopers, they said they didn't um, – they don't know what happened to Mike. Like, at that time. Like, when my dad was arrested, nobody
0: knows. All right. So you're saying that this um, Mike Myers development is somewhat new.
1: To me. I think that my aunt and uncles may have known. Yes,
0: to me it is new. Okay. And listeners should know we are doing this interview on July 15th, 2020. And so this is a new development to you, but your impression is that uh, your father's siblings, um might have known about Mike Myers maybe for years, maybe,
1: yes, and we just had it discussed it um yeah. as far as who Mike was or where he had came from or, or anything um so i didn't I didn't really have any other facts,
0: okay so you're once again in your mind, your father's going to to can- or to Alaska by himself. And was there the idea that maybe you and your sister would go up to see him or move up there? Do you remember or it was he's just saying, you know, I'm gonna be up there for a while and then six months from now I'm gonna be coming back. What do you remember the arrangements being?
1: Well he had left in November of eighty six and we all remember that month because it was my sister's birthday month. So um I was supposed to, to get um to try and take driver's ed. So we had talked on the phone, um sometime in January of eighty seven, and I had said, um, you know, we'll come up there as soon as I finish jumping and I get my license. Um so my we were my sisters and I were planning on going up there when school got out for the summer. That's the last I would remember.
0: Okay. All right. So that was uh, an arrangement, and we'll get into some of the other things, him sending you the letters and all of that, and probably even talk a little bit about that phone call a little bit later. All right, so he gets to Alaska. He's with this uh, Mike Myers. Now, I realize you did not find out a lot of this stuff until later, but what is your understanding about what happened when he and Mike, of course, they'd have to drive up from Texas up to the border with Canada through Canada. Get up to Alaska, and what happens when they get to the border with Alaska
2: um,
1: they, my father was arrested um uh, for some uh, assault that he had done in eighty four in nineteen eighty four at the border um and I got that information from um a police report that I had emailed to me from Alaska from the Alaska courts.
2: Okay. That
1: he was arrested. And so that's um my aunts and, and uncles may have known this information, but it wasn't until two thousand twelve
2: um mm-hmm.
1: that we, my sister and I found out about the DNA initiative. Um and so that's when I started doing my own investigation.
0: Right. Okay, but 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 what you found out, though, yourself, maybe once again, maybe they knew about it, but when you started taking this on as your own responsibility is when you started to find out that when your father got there to Alaska, of course, going back to when he was there the first time, we talked about how they seemed to have left Alaska, he he and his wife at the time, and your your half-sister, they kind of left abruptly. It might have been due to this.
1: Possibly.
0: Possibly.
1: I I don't know. Right. But he didn't like he didn't like, you know, jail. And so
2: mm-hmm.
1: he uh mm-hmm. he when he so when he did get to Alaska there was an arrest made for a warrant that was issued for that assault. According mm-hmm. to that police record, him and his wife are having a domestic uh, you know, a domestic dispute, and some officers came, and then my father was probably very drunk and um, possibly, according to the records, assaulted a couple of the officers in some way and caused some kind of ruckus, and they took him to jail.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, from, from my research and stuff they had said that he was... Um, In the report that he was arrested in Alaska when he got to the border, there was no – there's not any record of what happened with Mike. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: So that's that's, that's what I know. Okay. That's that's all we can talk about is what you know. So he's there in 1984. uh, There's a domestic dispute. Cops show up. Like you said, maybe does some things he shouldn't have. Attacks a police officer, gets sent to jail, maybe gets out on bail, and maybe at that point he figures, you know what, we're getting the heck out of here. If they're going to get me, they're going to have to come to Texas to get me or Louisiana or wherever you all ended up. So right. then he decides to go back to Alaska. Maybe he thought that they'd forget about this prior uh, incident. Who knows? But when they check right. his ID at, at the border and um, there might have been some rudimentary computer something going on there and uh, he gets sent to jail. And so what have you learned about him being in jail? How long was he in jail? How did he get out when he was in Alaska? Do you know?
1: Uh, According to the reports that I've read, um, he wasn't there very long. So he was arrested, like, in December, and there's actually a signature on one of the arrests that shows that he would attend court again. So um, from the report that I've read, he was... um, Wasn't in jail, but just uh, maybe like a week and a half or two, Mm -hmm. and maybe not that long. And then they reduced the charges, and it looked like someone had one of the witnesses had passed away since then, like a year later. And for some reason, with them, they reduced the charges to like him paying fifty dollars and being on probation. So he signed a letter and was released in eighty-seven. So he was there. He was arrested in December of eighty-six. I mean January december of 86 and released in eighty seven like just like within that week, okay. so um yeah, it looks like they let him go um for they just gave him a fifty dollar fine after having a warrant that was a border on the on the border. It was really odd that they mm-hmm. would reduce the charges um and then just charge him a fifty dollar fine. I don't know how long the probation was going to be, but he was definitely signed up to do probation,
0: okay. One way or the other though, he did end up getting out of jail. Yeah. He was in jail for however long and he got out and we'll get into where he went next, at least what you believe. Now as far as Mike, your understanding is that when this happened he decided to just turn around and come the whole way back to Texas? That's your understanding.
1: I really don't know um what happened with Mike. Um there there's I've not Never heard of in any conversation anyone's had. Um, he he may have stayed there for a while, but yeah. according to the the police um, that I talked to, they in Alaska, yeah. Um they don't have any information about what happened with Mike. They don't know who got my dad out of jail. Like, mm. It's been so long, and no one's around, or whatever. They just don't know. They don't know what ha- you know what happened to Mike, and I don't either.
0: Okay. All right, and we'll come back to him a little bit later. So now your uh, dad, one way or another, is in Alaska, and uh, he's there. And where does he go? What does he do? Do you do you have any idea of how he spent that time between getting out of uh, jail and his accepted, I guess, di- or the last time you heard from him was in a letter – Sometime in February of 87, do you have any idea what he did during that time where he was living who he was living with?
1: When him and my stepmom were in Alaska, he'd made friends, um, you know, he, so he knew people when he went up there. And there was a friend um, named Highgrade. Grade, I, I'm not sure, I guess he lived around Boundary, Alaska. And um, he was someone that my, my grandmother had his address. So, at one point, my grandmother had written a letter, I'm not sure when that was, that asked High Grade if, if he had seen my dad. And then High Grade um, had sent a letter back to my grandmother um, that said that my dad had went somewhere. He went to, into town to get assistance for food, um, and
2: that's the last time he saw him. Okay, so well, we, before,
0: all right, before we get into that, before we get yeah, into that... Sorry. Um, <laughs> So there's this guy named High Grade. You don't know his real name? No. Okay. I don't. Okay. But your understanding is that he was somebody that your dad knew from the first time around? Yes. Okay. Have you ever had a chance to talk to your uh, stepmother about High Grade and ask her if she has any idea who he is or what his real name could be, being that she was up in Alaska at the same time?
1: Um, she's not doing very well right now. She has some health issues, so mm-hmm. I have not talked to her. Um, there was some, some distance between the family due to some other issues when I was younger and we just weren't close. hmm So, I have not, I have not spoken to her about that. She may have some more information, I just haven't talked to her in a while.
0: Okay. Well, I hope she recovers and I hope you may be that you're able to, um, talk to her about that. So... They're living together somewhere, allegedly uh, around Boundary, Alaska, correct? Yes. All right. And do you know if either of them are working? Was your dad working? Did he um, – you, you said you talked to him on the phone. We'll t- talk about the letters in a moment. But did he ever tell you, hey, uh, Connie, I'm up here and I'm doing this?
2: Um, I
1: don't remember. Um, I really don't. I mean, I just assume he was doing... It was probably really cold, you know? Um, yeah, So right. he, he may have been trapping. He was, you know, uh, saying that he was going to be trapping. He had done that before, so he may have been doing that. I'm not sure what high grade did. I don't, I don't know very much about him either.
0: Okay. All right, so your dad's up there. Now, you did, though, get a couple letters from him during this time... December 86 to January or February 1987, you did talk to him on the phone, but let's talk about those letters first. Um, You got two letters from him. Um, Why don't you just in general um, give the listeners an idea about uh, what they say?
1: Um, Well, uh, they're just letting us know. They're asking about how everyone's doing. Um, letting us know that, you know, he's okay, and um, asking, well, and, you know, for us to some pictures of us from school, he was asking for us to uh, do well in school, so he was still showing his, you know, his dad stuff going on, and um, he, um, he just was, you know, just telling us that he planned to go. To, to do trapping mm-hmm. um, his, his letters are really hard to read They're in cursive And so there's a lot of misspelling of the words So um, there seems to be some Some things about the letters I don't really understand um, mm-hmm. But that's about it um, okay. There is
2: There,
1: there is a p- part in the letter Where he says that he wishes that we were there And then he hopes that we come up soon So I There wasn't anything saying he was coming home anytime soon um, There was Definitely you know request for us
0: to come up there. Right, and I've seen the letters. You've taken pictures of those letters. I've seen them, and uh, with your permission, uh, I'm going to ask you right now, although it's kind of like going back in the past, but I'm going to ask your permission to um, be able to show those to the audience. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, that'll be okay.
0: All right, so please. Go
1: ahead. They're just uh, the letters have so much discrepancies that um, they're
0: just weird. Right. Well, that's so. why we want the audience to see them to see what they make of them. And you're right. Little hard to read because they are written longhand. I guess you'd say cursive. Although I don't think they teach that in schools anymore. Um, but so that does make them a little hard to read. And yes, there are some misspellings and everything. But I was able to uh, work my way through them. You know, with you know just, yeah. you know, just trying to figure it out. But it will. We'll leave the audience to uh, determine that for themselves, but you got these two uh, letters, and we're going to talk about them uh, a little bit later, but uh, you got two of them. Now, one of them was not addressed to you, correct? One
2: was addressed to my sister.
0: Okay. All right, so he writes you these two letters. It gives you gives you the impression that uh, he wanted you and your sister to maybe come up and see him um, when it got a lot warmer in Alaska. Now, you did say that you talked to him on the phone. Uh, Do you remember when that was?
1: I think it was January um, of 87.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you remember, did he call you or did you call him? Do you even know the phone number that he was using?
1: I don't know the number, and I'm assuming he called us. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to reach him, I don't think.
0: Okay, so... He could have been calling you from a pay phone if there was in Boundary, Alaska, or maybe in Fairbanks, or there's an other little town called Tok, T-O-K. He could have been in any of those places. Right. Okay. All right, so let's move on to this. When does somebody uh, realize uh, that uh, Bucky is missing?
1: Um. It took a while. My aunt is the one who finally went to Lufkin. Um, we, I'm not really sure when the first missing person report was done, but I personally just assumed he was up there working and busy or not able to, to reach out. So it took a while for us to, like, decide that he was a missing person. Um, we just thought that he was just in Alaska and and unable to, you know, because it can, you can get frozen. You know or whatever, and not be able to reach a phone or be able to go anywhere, so it was probably spring or or summer before we actually started you know wondering how
2: come we hadn't
0: heard from him, okay, and so when you say your aunt, we don't want to use her full name, what is her first name? The one that finally uh, started doing something, started realizing maybe something wasn't right
1: um his sister his sister virginia, virginia. uh she she was a little older than him. Uh-huh. And, um, of course, my grandmother was concerned the entire time. Um, and, you know, she was there. She didn't drive, and so she had a lot of times to worry about everybody. And so um, the rest of us, me being a kid and my sister being a kid and everyone else, you know, having families and living lives, were just kind of just thought he was it eventually, you know, uh, contact us. So um, my Aunt Virginia is the one that started um, – you know with the reporting um
0: to uh the, the local police in our county in Angelina county okay, and do you know what they did? I mean we're talking Texas, he's in Alaska wow. I mean, you know how did that all go uh, you're once again, I know realize you're just a teenager at the time, but what you understand now is how did that all go?
2: I'm not
1: really sure um. Honestly, there was some stuff my aunt was keeping up with some things and she has passed and I don't know what happened to um she had like a, a box with information. Uh it, I don't know what happened to it of, of things that she did or things she found out or maybe even, you know, questions that she might have had. Um but I, I don't know what she did. She she did, you know, just uh she went to the police and then from what I understand back like then, Texas was able to find out that um, there was no proof of a border crossing for my dad from Alaska back into Texas. So, mm-hmm. um, back then, like I said, I was a teenager. I think they were just basically trying to protect me and let me just be a teenager while they were trying to find out what was going on. So, my aunts and my grandmother and Um, My other uncle and aunt, they were very involved back then, um, but I don't know what information that Texas was doing with Alaska. Um, According to Alaska, um, just recently I talked to them, and they said they didn't have a missing person report in Alaska until 2002. So I don't know how cooperative everyone was. It just doesn't seem like there was that much put into Alaska and Texas communicating, um, so eventually there became some issues that he maybe came back home, and I don't really know all about that either.
0: Right, and we're going to talk about that, and in fact, after uh, this interview, I would be detailing, I did get to speak to one of your dad's sisters, so we have um, some people here in Texas trying to figure out what happened to your dad in Alaska, which... If it's in Alaska, it might as well be on the other side of the earth, even though it is part of the United States. Um, of course, this was time before the Internet and uh, very rudimentary systems of uh, computer cataloging and computer contact with other states. So, uh, you know, it's a little tough there in the, uh, 1987 to do that. I remember, you know, I was 16, 17 at the time. Uh, how was high-grade, if you know... How was high grade eventually reached, and what was his story about your father living up there and disappearing up there? What was his story?
2: I think that the only
1: communication that we ever had with him was the letter, and my grandmother had um, an address for him, which would have been my dad's contact address, and for all uh, the only information I know is that my grandmother sent him a letter asking if he'd stay him, um, probably in the spring of 87. Um, she was used to him contacting us every month at least, and he had been. And so I agree said, well, the last time I, in the letter, um, he had said the last time that I saw him, he was leaving on foot um, to go into Fairbanks, which I don't know how far that is um, from Boundary, but they were going to go he was going to go to get assistance for food, like on food stamps or something. So that's what High Grade letter said to my grandmother. I, I never saw that letter. I don't know where, if it, you know, what happened to it. But I, from what I know, she did write that letter to High Grade. That's that's
2: all I know.
0: All right, so she writes a letter to High Grade, having an address of his. He writes back and he gives the story that yeah, they were living together. And your father walked off. He was going into town. He was walking to some store and never came back.
1: And as far as I know, that's the last contact that we have.
0: Okay. Uh, but we also, though, understand is it seems that high grade when your father never came back. It doesn't seem he ever filed a missing persons report or anything like that. No. No, it doesn't. Okay. We should say something else. Is that he? If they were living in Boundary, he couldn't have been walking to Fairbanks. I think on the map, I think it's 300-some miles from Boundary to Fairbanks. Right. So,
2: well, I mean, he left
1: walking, saying, you know, my dad would have hitchhiked. He would have, mm-hmm. you know, whatever he needed to do. He would have... He would've gotten there.
0: I mean
2: that mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> okay. somewhere was you know, he would have
0: found a way. Oh okay, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is is there not one store if he's going to the store or whatever, there's not one store in that three hundred some miles? Do he have to go the, I guess what I'm I, saying is do you have to go the whole way to Fairbanks? I don't
1: I don't know. I think it is like for their outreach and stuff. Mm. Since everything is so small. There are, you know, if he were trying to apply for assistance, he may have had to go into to the city, to the Fairbanks. Okay. That's what how Alaska is. You know, they don't have special services around every corner.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: okay, We'll get back to that in yeah. a second.
0: I think there's going to be some things we're going to talk about here in a bit that really um, puts a lot of question marks out there as to where high grade and your father were missing, uh, et cetera. All right, so he says that mm-hmm. – Uh, The most important part is high-grade says he walked off, he never came back, and high-grade seemingly did nothing about it. Right. Seemingly. All right. So let's talk about what we would call the rest of the case. Let's go back to Mike Myers. Uh, He was the guy that you found out that he did go to Canada or Alaska through Canada with your uh, father and – uh, once he got back, the way you understand it, did uh, – you know, I have in my notes here that your Uncle Nicky, who is your your um, father's brother, actually did speak to Mike. But in, in all this time, has your Uncle Nicky ever spoken to you about speaking to Mike Myers when Mike came back from Alaska?
1: No. No, I've never talked to him about
0: that. Okay. But, and is it your understanding, once again, you've been working on this for eight years, just the way you understand it, Um, anybody else in your family ever speak to Mike Myers about that trip to Alaska? No. Okay.
1: Not that I know of. Okay. Um, And I just didn't realize it was anything to look into. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Until later. And now he's, you know, I was love to talk to somebody that
0: knows, knew him or something one day, but right. I don't know. Right, and he's passed away, but it's not like he passed away in 1990. My understanding is that he passed away within the last 10 years. Um,
1: I think so, yes.
0: All right, so that would have been 20-some years where somebody, not necessarily you, but some of uh, your father's siblings could have talked to Mike about this, you know, well our uh, brothers missing we know that he went to to uh Alaska with the Mike Myers Mike Myers came back you know let's see what he has to say you just don't know if anything like that has been done no okay so we just don't know and like you said Mike Myers is uh deceased now but there is proof that your father was in Alaska so I don't – I'm not saying that Mike Myers has anything to do with this disappearance. I think what I'm saying is that if we had a better understanding of what the conversations were when the two were driving to Alaska about their plans, where they were going to be staying and everything else, that might help us a little bit more with the disappearance. But we just don't have that information. Okay.
2: No.
0: All right. So let's move on to the uh, letters. Um. And uh, and uh the audience will have seen them by now. um do those letters sound like your father?
2: um they do um, as far
1: as the information that the person whoever wrote this that he wrote I mean he knew he talked about things that only he would know um so that part sounds like him um he talked about uh my grandmother being upset with him. He asked if my Uncle Mickey um how he was doing. He also asked um about some one, one of his cousins helping me get a car. So those things sound like him. I actually don't remember reading the letters way back when. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I so I I don't know, you know, how I felt when I got those letters. Um I noticed that my uncle held on to them for a long time and then my sister had them for a long time and I just only saw them recently and I was just surprised at how, um, how everything was with the letters. Just, they're just a mess. <laughs> hmm Okay. There, there is, uh, the handwriting is different and, um, some, and on one of the letters there's a page missing. I don't know what happened or if it's just misnumbered.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: the addresses on them um we'll get
0: to the, en- we'll, get to the in mi- we'll get to the envelopes in a minute we'll get to the envelopes in a minute we'll just stick with the letters for now but uh okay. so probably one of the weird things is that I forget what letter it is whether it's the one to you or your sister that the end of it is in a different ink right all right and, and it doesn't
1: look like the
0: same handwriting the
1: different ink that one definitely
0: looks like a different handwriting hmm Okay. And and, and is that part, once again, uh for the listeners, that part that is written in a different ink, uh does it not talk about him going out and walking in 20 below weather?
1: I don't remember. Okay. Does <laughs> it? It might.
0: Okay, it's right, but the thing is it's right at the end of the letter where the diff- the writing is seemingly different with the different ink. Right. And I think that's weird because it doesn't seem that the pen was running out of ink. The other pen that he was using runs running out of ink. It just goes from like a light blue color to like like a dark blue or almost black ink, like from one word to the Mm -hmm. next. Okay. And And
1: it just—it looks added to me. It doesn't look like it was actually originally part of the letter.
0: It does It does kind of seem like that a little bit, but once again, the listeners will – or the viewers that get to see it on uh, – I'll be putting it on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and I'll probably even do a video on it. We'll get to all see that for themselves. Okay, so we have these uh, two letters. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to believe whoever wrote one wrote the other one. It, I know it's not an exact science, but I believe that they were both written by the same person. So we're going to take for mm-hmm. granted it was your father. Now, regarding the envelopes uh, for the two letters, um, one of them was stamped with a return to sender. Have you ever gotten an explanation on that?
1: No. 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 And if it were a return to the sender, then how did we end up with it in our hands? Like, how did we get it? Right. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, if it were returned to sender, it would have went back to Alaska, went to that unknown address, and then um, – but because it was a small town, um, anyone yeah. at the post office would have known that it was my grandmother, you know. So they would have made sure we got it. But I really don't know how we ended up getting it.
0: Right. Okay. I can put out the theory. We don't do a lot of theorizing on these interviews, but it very well may be that – it, that your father mailed it without a stamp, and then it went back to him instead of him putting it in a new envelope. You might have put a stamp on it and just sent it again. That does happen. It's a possibility. I guess maybe. I,
1: I, I guess. I mean, I I think that it just wasn't addressed correctly. It, it didn't have mm-hmm. the. It said uh, in care of or whatever. There's not. I don't have the letters in front of me right now, but there's what? no address on that letter. So, automatically, they would have put return to sender on it, but I think it probably got intervened because by then, um, there's a possibility that my grandmother was already wondering where he was. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know.
0: So, one way or the other, have, this, somehow this letter got to you from Alaska to Texas, but it had a return to sender stamp on it. Right. Okay um somebody that is a post office expert out there maybe has an explanation for that. We also have to remember we have to think in 1987 terms 33 years ago uh to uh, to try to decipher that. Uh your opinion uh regarding the envelopes, the writing on the envelopes and the writing uh of the letters same different, can we even tell?
1: Dressed by the same person. Um, I have no idea why. Um, and then one of them has uh, the Latin, na- the last name spelled wrong. And then one of them has Mazzarella, which is a town my dad lived in his whole life. He would not have misspelled it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know who did the envelopes or are we, you know, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: wider so.
0: <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is not only did he misspell one of your last names, you or your sister's last name, he misspelled a town that he grew up in, he he lived in, in Texas.
1: Right. He knew right. how to spell those words.
0: Wow.
2: Okay. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, maybe I'll just talk here for a little minute, uh, minute, Connie, uh, so you can take a break. So one of the other things that I discovered regarding the envelopes is that, and once again, this will be things that the listeners will have already seen by this point, uh, posting the pictures, is that the return address on both of them is Boundary, Alaska. They are postmarked for TOK, Alaska, T-O-K, Alaska, which is south of Boundary, I would not say that each of these two places is close but TalkOx, um at least at the time in 1987 did out of a post office that's the only way something can be postmarked the weird part is though is that boundary alaska is given as the return address but the zip code that whoever put you know wrote the envelopes the zip code is for fairbanks what you've already established is over 300 miles away from boundaries. Um, I don't have an explanation for this. You were not even aware of it until I brought it up. Uh, I think it's certainly something that you that know, is probably worth your while wow in 2020 to try to figure out why somebody would do that. Maybe that's a thing or that was a thing in Alaska at the time, but it's a little confusing, isn't it?
1: Yes, and I don't, <clears throat> I, you know, I couldn't find out. Um, I do know that, like, Fairbanks, because there are so many small towns in Alaska, mm-hmm. like, um, that they might have just used Fairbanks because, you know, all the mail's going to come from there anyway. And, uh, you know, I don't think that all of those small towns and, like, village places may not get their mail every day. Um, You know, they're so far apart Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, isolated. So I would think that maybe it has something to do with that, but I actually don't
0: know. Right. We also have to remember that it's just Boundary, Alaska. There is no street. There is a street number. I think if people look it up on a map, you'll see why uh, that, you know, Boundary, Alaska, at least in 2020, isn't it's like a ghost town now. I don't know what it was like in nineteen eighty seven, but now it's really just a tourist attraction. You know, like you see these like these old West towns that still exist, you know, that were on the, you know, some kind of trail in the All western right. United States that nobody lives in anymore, but they exist, like Dodge City or, or something like that, although I think people still live there, but you know what I mean. Um it seems to me that Boundary of Alaska is that type of place. Uh, at least from what I've tried to gather from it. I'm also wondering, though, if the letter was postmarked from Talk Alaska, then why didn't he just use the Talk Alaska zip code you know, when addressing it? These are things we don't know. Like I said, it's probably something that uh, you should probably uh, look into. I think it's probably going to sure. be, be worth your while, even though I know it's going to be a little difficult. All right, so we have these letters uh, that seem like your father, although the one ends with different writing and different ink. We have these envelopes that I'm not sure make total sense, um, but once again, maybe it's just because we've never lived there. Uh, let's go back and t- uh, talk about high grade a little bit. Um, you've obviously had contact with uh, Alaskan police, whether it's state troopers there or local police, Um have they made any attempt to try to figure out who high-grade is? It seems like Not with a nick- nickname like that, that if he had – I'm guessing since your father had some run-ins with the law, that maybe he had some run-ins with the law, and they usually put down people's uh, nicknames. You don't know if they've done that?
1: I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what Alaska's done in this case at all. Okay. Um,
0: they, they, they haven't sent more of me. Okay. Now, I realize that you have not seen this letter that he sent your uh, grandmother that say stated that uh, your father walked off. In But your understanding, did high grade specifically say that your father walked off from somewhere in boundary or somewhere else?
1: I'm not really one hundred percent sure that it was boundary. That's what I'm assuming. It's always been boundary. I mm-hmm. I that's where him and my stepmom well, right outside of a Um or talk, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, right outside of there. Um so I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure where high
2: grade was. Okay.
0: So there's that. So it just seems that um, it being that he wrote these letters, and if he wrote them, it would make sense that he would put the right address on them, even if somebody else put the, the right address on the outside of them, that he was in the boundary area somewhere. It makes sense that he walked uh, away from somewhere in boundary, but I just don't know where he was walking, even if he was hitchhiking. Okay. Now, there have been some other stories uh, that have uh, popped up and with some rumors that maybe it could be that your father did make it when he left that day, did make it the whole way back to Texas. Are you aware of this story that your grandmother uh, told about somebody coming to her house? Are you aware of that?
1: I, um, my aunt has shared that with me. I don't know all the details. Um, my grandmother had passed away in 2012. Um, and so, um, I'm, my aunt had shared with me that grandma had told her that someone knocked on the door and said that he was in jail with my dad and, uh, another county not far from Angelina County. Um, and that he, um, he was in jail with him and, that somebody took my dad from the jail, someone that worked there, and that my dad never came back. Um, My grandmother shared this with my aunt, and my aunt has shared this with me, but up until recently, I didn't really know much about the story.
0: So even though you have been working on this since 2012, uh, there's for some reason uh, your father's siblings didn't tell you about this until recently?
1: We just never have really shared much about my dad being missing. Um, I haven't asked a lot of questions. Uh, They have their ideas about maybe some things that could have happened, and I have mine. Um, So, you know, we we just don't talk about it anymore.
2: Okay.
1: I was so, yeah, um, so I wasn't sure. Um, Yeah, I really didn't talk to them about it much, so.
0: Okay. It. All right, and this is probably something that I'll get into a little bit more uh, when I talk about my conversation with one of uh, your uh, father's sisters. But you've also heard the story that um, somebody who is known to the family saw your father in a truck in Texas, and something once again happened in Texas. You've heard that rumor.
2: I have.
1: Um I asked my I asked somebody to verify that story for me and no one had ever gotten to me with any more information on that. So I don't know anything else about that. Okay. I've never talked to anyone about that either. Okay. Um and I was trying to confirm it, um, but I never got any more information.
0: Okay. So uh, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. I'm willing, to, you know, to talk about it once again after this interview is over. Uh, it, it seems a, a, like a little bit of a stretch to me. Uh, I think that if your father had been in Arkansas, you know, went somewhere to get away to Arkansas, and then somehow made it back to Alaska, that doesn't sound crazy to me. But to be in Alaska and then somehow find the, a way to come the whole way back to Texas and seemingly nobody knows about it, you don't know about it, your grandmother doesn't know about it, your sister doesn't know about it, your mother, your you know, uh, your your dad's uh, ex-wife, his other ex-wife, uh, all these people seemingly don't know about it, but then he's, you know, in, in jail and he's riding in this truck and everything. It sounds a little outrageous to me. I'm not saying it's not scientifically possible. It is. But it does seem uh a little out there to me, but um you know some no, people the thing think, is, please, please
1: the thing is, is that my aunt, uh, my dad's older sister, I mean she had done a lot of researching, and I don't know if everything has been kept quieter um before she had passed because she had some sort of evidence, and she was fearful and sharing it um I mean. There's a lot to the story that, Mm -hmm. like, doesn't make sense and it seems very far-fetched about him coming back. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: then there's also a lot, like, the whole entire investigation that my aunt did is gone. I don't know where it is. I don't know what she had in there. And she seems to not want to share um, everything with everybody, you know. Um, I don't know why. It was – she kept it more discreet. I don't know if she was trying to hide information from my grandmother. Um, I don't know if she just didn't have any information. I never really discussed it with her, but she was investigating a lot, you know, and, and there were, there was supposed to be a box or something mm-hmm. with some stuff that she had. Um, I don't know if she had proofs, um, but the story – my dad's reputation was so bad in this area that there were a lot of people who um would have liked to have claimed to have uh gotten their revenge on mm-hmm. him and so mm-hmm. I think that may have initiated a lot of uh not just necess- just stories just right. you know in general sure. um, i I don't know that that necessarily happened um i i there are some. Some things that people were speculating. And I have just never seen any proof that my dad oh. ever came back to Texas.
0: Right. Right. And when you say your aunt, you mean your aunt uh, Virginia? Yes. Okay. She's the one please.
1: There was there was some animosity amongst my aunt and my um my stepmom my my stepmom um, early on and I was young I was married with babies and uh and so I did not get involved um and I didn't understand back then exactly what they were talking about, but my stepmom and one of her um, her boyfriend, after my dad had had a, a fight, so there was some speculation that you know that he possibly had you know something with him. There was a there's just been a lot of stories, and uh, um, we don't even know where they come from. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so okay. no, <laughs>
0: right? Okay, so let me ask you a little bit more about Virginia. So when what year did she pass away?
1: I, I think she was in thirteen.
0: All right, so not long uh not long after your grandmother passed away, but just you getting involved and in her passing away kind of overlap at least a little bit
1: i I just started getting um involved earlier than when they than she passed, but um she and I had not made contact yet, and mm-hmm. she was not very well. And she was actually taking care of my grandmother um, when my grandmother was alive. So I didn't want to upset them, you know, with things that were going on. What initially started me investigating was my little sister saw something on one of the talk shows during the day, and it said that, you know, you could submit your DNA, and this was um, going to be, you know, uh, in this system, and then... Mm -hmm. And we just had never done anything. And so it took me a while, and I finally decided to um, contact someone, and that's when I got really involved, was in 2012. Mm-hmm. So I was about to approach my aunt at that time about the things that I had found out and the things that I was doing. but And my grandmother was way too ill to discuss anything with me at that time. So, I mean, we... My sisters and I, we just, we you know, we've had pain from it all, but we just haven't really done a whole lot, you know, mm-hmm. as far as trying to find out what happened. We've, we've always felt so um, just helpless with it, you know. Right, like, right. And right. Then, so now everyone has passed away and they're not, you know, available to talk to us about it anymore.
0: Yeah. How do you know that uh, she had this box of uh, material regarding everything that she did regarding your father's disappearance? Is that something she told you firsthand? Is that something your grandmother told you, or is that something somebody else told you?
2: Um, actually...
1: I think my aunt, my the younger aunt, my aunt Brenda. She she may have told me, but um, I knew that she had that box when she had passed. Her husband at the time had said he was going to send me some things, but then I never got them. I don't know if he just didn't find it or, but you know, it's just always she's just always been involved. She's the one that started putting things on the internet. She got mm-hmm. involved with all of the missing person uh, websites back, you know, when mm-hmm. they first came out. Yeah, um, and that's when everything changed when the internet came along it just kind of like like wow we can put his name out there and everything so she's the one and she um she's the first one to submit her DNA um but i don't think that she really was getting the the uh participation or whatever from everybody in both states
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: um and she hadn't done anything in a long time before she had passed, but there was definitely a box. The, the, her husband had told me he was going to send it, and I was going to be able to go through
0: it. And what happened?
2: I don't know. He never sent
0: it. Hey, uh, well, I just because I'm a reporter, I got to ask. When you didn't get the box, yeah. you never talked to him and said, hey, man, where's the box?
2: Um, no,
1: I didn't. I've been very. I have had a lot of reservations and being uh, really, uh, like, forceful with with family members and other people with this because mm-hmm. it just. Uh, I just can't handle the problems that it might cause with somebody. I, it's just been so long. I don't want to open anyone's box of worms. Because mm-hmm. they, everyone has a lot of issues with him. They have a lot of issues with, um, you know, how things work and. Um, you know, I just live my life. And, you know, if they want to help me, they will help help me and if they don't
0: then they won't. Well, I guess I guess what I'm saying, uh, and I'm not here to put you on the spot, Connie, but if he says he was the one that volunteered that he was going to send you that box of stuff that Virginia have, and so it's not like you would be prying, he said he was going to do it. I'm just asking, right. you know, well, you know, you said you were going it you know, a month ago. Think, you said you are going to do it, but you didn't. That's, that's the only point. I know you don't want to be pushy. Totally get it.
2: I, but, but. I think that he wasn't well. He
1: wasn't very well, and he was still grieving, and I just let time pass by, and now I don't even know how to
2: contact him.
1: So, I, you know, we were, like, only Internet friends, maybe on Facebook years ago.
2: Um,
1: and then he was grieving, and I think there was some issues with him and her kids, so I didn't want to get involved. So I just kind of let things go, and then eventually I was like, I'm not going to pressure this. I think my aunt asked him, too, and he just didn't have any change to his mind. Um, he just didn't want to.
0: Okay. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that off air. Okay, so now we understand uh-huh. that. Uh, that she passed away, there was this information that seemingly you were supposed to get, and you never got it, and you two just kind of drifted apart, and it sounds like there's some other family issues going on there that have nothing to do with your father's disappearance. Okay.
2: Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Okay.
0: All right, so we have all of that. Um, How does your sister, of course, I just technically have two sisters, a full sister and a half-sister, how have they felt about what you've been doing over the last eight years?
1: um well I haven't really until I was contacted by unfound I haven't done anything in a while
2: okay
1: so uh, we kind of have let it go um I kind of settled with what I already knew, so I haven't been actively in involved in this um in a long time um mm-hmm. so none of us have um we just you know it kind of it's a cold case I mean and we just we come to a dead end and we don't know what else to do. And it doesn't seem like we always get, um, you know, anyone's participation. There's a lot of emotions involved with this as well. So how do they feel? Um, They were encouraging. Uh, My sister let me have the uh, the pictures of the letters that she has in her possession. Mm -hmm. Uh, My other sister was trying to help me with some information, and she wasn't able to get that information. Um, I think right now, we want to leave um we want our kids to know I mean my dad had uh you know we all each one have three kids, but there's non grandkids wow. and now we're having great great grandkids wow. coming along wow, and so um these kids that have been raised with moms that don't have a dad um who's been missing their whole life, um we kind of would like you know for some closure for them for them to understand that there's been um, something done, but never has been enough done to, um, you know, find out what happened to my dad. Yeah. So, yeah. we kind of all feel the same way
0: about that, I think. Right. Well, Connie, i got to tell you, I think that you've done some really good work. I know that you said that you haven't worked on it for a while, and, you know, us contacting you, um, you know, maybe, you know, has gotten you rejuvenated or, or whatever, but... Being that you've been able to get some paperwork from Alaska and some of the things that you've done are certainly you know you're working on a disappearance that's over thirty years old, you know, and right. you know I mean working on one that's twenty years old is you know tough enough, of course at least you'd have the internet and some things you're working on something from the nineteen eighties and to be uh-huh. able to get some of the paperwork and everything that you've done i think is is really good uh it's not easy that's not easy to uh-huh. do. So in two
2: thousand
0: Oh sorry. Please go ahead.
1: In two thousand twelve I um uh, when I was doing most of the research, I actually set up the NamUs account for him. Mm-hmm. And um was able to set up an account and work with them so that he had the NamUs profile. Um and it actually there's some discrepancies on some of the others, and I was really frustrated. I was out to make sure that we had the correct information. Um, and I don't know how, just small things. Um, like in one of the websites, it says that his eyes are brown when his eyes are actually blue. And those are out there probably forever, so I can't really do a lot to change any of those. But I mean, I did, I have, I emailed a lot of people. I submitted my DNA. I, um, had one time the DNA went missing. Uh, when I submitted in Angelina County, and I arranged her to my home to get a second DNA, um, one of—I mean, part of the story is one of the reasons that I stopped is I stopped searching for my father is we don't know what happened to him, and so we don't know if he was involved in some sort of criminal activity. And there were a couple of things that were kind of scary for me when I was looking for my dad and I was getting closer. So I kind of stopped. I felt threatened that it could be imagined. Um, I was in a van one day, and this guy popped up from behind me, and he um, just smiled in the in the rearview mirror. And uh, there's a little bit more to the story. I was in the daycare van, and it was just about the time that uh the Ranger had just came to my house and I felt like if someone tried to tell me to stop working for my dad. Um and so I think that I think that my Aunt Virginia sometimes felt that way too. Um so it's like if we get too close to an answer in some way you know, is this threatened to someone out there? And, you know, that's it's a 30 year thing, but there's still those feelings.
0: Maybe you need – if you're going to bring up that story, I have to ask about it a little more. Uh, maybe you need to be a little sure. more detailed about this guy popped up in the rearview mirror. Uh, you're going to probably have to explain that a little bit more.
2: Okay. So I
1: was driving day show van, and I was going to pick it up every morning at a certain place. Um, in a parking lot, which it was not a bad area or anything like that. So I get in the car one day, and I have, um, and usually the key would be in the ashtray. Um, I I can't, there's no reason to talk about any of that. But anyway, that's how we did it. And I turned the ignition on, and somebody, I I looked in the rearview mirror, and there was a face. You know, in the mirror, and he goes, "Hey!" And I said, I screamed, and I jumped out of the car, and I said, "What are you doing in here?" And he goes, "I was just sleeping. Don't, you know, don't be tripping out." And he was kind of for a second, I felt like my life was about to end. Um, and then he jumped out and he ran off. Well, he had said that he was staying in there. He said, "I, I, I've been sleeping in here, or something loud like that." And then, but he was dressed with someone that was completely in black, with a black backpack and a black hat on. So I started screaming, and the thing is, when I started screaming and jumped out of the car, I left my purse, so I couldn't call the
2: cops.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he he just took off running, and um and I actually didn't call the cops that day, um because I had to go. I I was it was just a crazy morning shift, and I had kids to take to school. Um and I called my manager and stuff, but I told some people in my family about that, and and it felt like. I was threatened to stop the search, and I know we never discussed this before, but it actually was part of the reason why I stopped. Mm-hmm. Is is that it just felt like overwhelmingly like someone was saying, "Just get away from this case." Um, but that probably, I mean, it it's it probably isn't even true. But that's how it affects me is because mm-hmm. there's so much mystery behind it. That it's like, is it somebody you know that was you know doesn't want us to know? you know yeah. so i was spooked i don't know if that was you know sure. actually ever wanted sure, of course wanted
0: it. <laughs> of course you wouldn't have of course uh you wouldn't even have to have been working on any missing persons case to be spooked by that and you know anybody well, anybody that right. would get in a vehicle and then look in the rearview mirror and see somebody you know inside the vehicle is going to jump i would jump you know uh-huh. and you know you know who knows some people you know might have shot the guy if they had a gun you know you just don't know anybody would have been spooked out by that for sure
1: right but because of um where i was in the in the case um at that time um I mean, I had been trying to reach Newton County. I mean, everybody was just treating it like an old case, of course, but there was also a lot of people um just seemed to be evasive um Newton County, while I was setting up a uh, the name profile, I was trying like I was trying to to sort of backtrack what my aunt had had, even though she and I had never discussed anything. I was trying to figure out where she was getting her information or where these speculations and such were coming from. Mm-hmm. So I called Newton County and they in it I, I in an email that I sent to an Angelina County sheriff, um, Newton County would not return my calls. Well, that's where he supposedly had went missing, um, is for some for some reason. And so mm-hmm. they said they told me at that time. And I was just really trying to get contact information from them. Um, They said that they they didn't think he had ever been to Alaska. And it it was very frustrating. And so with that happening with Newton County, and then I actually drove from Houston to Angelina County to get them my DNA, then it went missing completely. And for me, during the time, I mean, maybe it goes missing with other people with other cases and such, but for me at the time it was like, why? Because from... From from what I understood, there were some other things in my father's case that had been missing, um, but I don't know all of the story. You know, like um, my aunt had had that information, you know, with her. Like he had an X ray of his head, and that would have like been for um, if we found a body or if you know he was ever discovered. Um, and then those X rays were with, were with Angelina County, and for some reason they went missing. So, with that, and then there was um you know just so many different stories going around when I was growing up, and he was so involved with so many bad people and drugs that the last time I did this in two thousand and twelve i I did this because things were just happening, and I was mm-hmm. you know it was kind of scary
2: <laughs> so
1: yeah. Um, I, that...
0: yeah yeah i uh I think what I can say about that is that many people, many guests have gone through the same things. Uh, that you uh-huh. you have, um, I think that when people get involved in uh, trying to figure out what happened to a loved one, whether it's a father or mother or children, we cover most of the people that appear on Unfound are mothers of of missing uh, adult children most uh-huh. of the time, and their awareness is heightened uh, because they're right. they're very desperate. I can understand that uh-huh. they so badly want to figure out what happened, whether it's a disappearance that happened a year and a half ago or 33 years ago. It's the same thing. And their awareness is certainly heightened. I think the adrenaline is running a little bit more. And I think because of that, they do sometimes start to equate things that have nothing to do with the disappearance with the disappearance. You know, they start to see, they start to question, was that a coincidence? Or is there something going on here? Or is this... you know, they start to see things in their lives that take on new meaning. When maybe uh-huh. you know, sometimes uh, you know, a rose is just a rose. It's not a sign. It's just a, you know, it's just a plant. And um, so, uh, I wonder if that's going on with your case, your situation. There, it I don't seems, know. It seems like to me, but I can understand how that might like, that might spook you. Surely, uh-huh. surely, and um, that's surely
1: that's when i stopped you know i was just like i don't know i don't know and i was i was i i came to a stopping point i mean um but i'm glad that you guys contacted me so i can kind of get some answers that i've been waiting to get so i'll probably be back on it well, we, well
0: <laughs> uh, thank you and of course uh we will continue to work with you and any you know i think yeah. even just in our discussion here the public discussion that we're having today We've covered a couple, at least a couple points, maybe that can be looked into a little further. Okay. You know, as far as you know, trying to figure out what High Grade's real name is, and I'm thinking that somebody in Alaska law enforcement probably knows what his real name is because when they do files on criminals, they usually put down their nicknames as well. So that that might help you in that, and and. Um, so we, of course, want to continue to work with you on that. But this is not easy. I mean this is this is a very, very difficult case because we don't know exactly where he was. We don't know exactly the date. We got these rumors that he might have come the whole way back to Texas. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of um, question marks. A lot of question marks. Right. You know, not even in, you know, I'm sure some people probably be thinking, well, maybe high grades did something to him, which is certainly possible. I'm not saying he did, but maybe, you know, it's certainly possible. You know, we always have to look at the last person who saw uh, a missing person, always. So and we also have right. to figure in there that he never contacted anybody when your father walked off and never came back. That certainly is a big factor as well. All right. Um... Any last words before we complete this interview, Connie?
1: No, um, no, not right
0: now. <laughs> okay. Do you have a Do you have a Facebook page or anything set up for your uh, father? I know that he's on the Charlie Project. Like you said, he's on Namus. They have your DNA, correct? They do. All right, that's good. But do you have a Facebook page, anything like that, uh, set up for him?
2: No. Okay. No, I
0: don't. Okay. Well, it, I, I would suggest that to you. I, I think it would be okay. something uh, that would be smart to do. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you know, maybe you're very capable uh, of doing that. But I'm sure some people, listeners, could help you with that as well. You know, once they hear this interview, you know, might be able to, you know, give you some tips on how to do it the best way. Okay. Well, uh, as I tell a lot of my guests, or not all of them, uh, one way or the other, that this is just the beginning of us knowing each other, Connie. You know, so I hope we continue uh, to talk. Uh, if you need any help, you know where to come. You know, you can email okay. me or fo- call me anytime. And if anything's going on, I'll try to give you the best advice that I can.
2: Awesome. Thank
1: you.
0: All right. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound.
2: All right. Thank you
0: for having me. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Connie Burrell, daughter of Jackie Larry Bucky Letney. I thank her for joining me and all of you on the program. This is another episode in which there is an accompanying map and video, along with pictures of the letters Bucky wrote. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Unfound's respective social media outlets. I thought it was important to make these items available, Because only by seeing for your own eyes the confusion between alleged locations and addresses can you begin to understand why there is still so much confusion in this disappearance. I did speak to one of Bucky's sisters for purposes of learning what the adults in Bucky's life were thinking at the time. She is the one who told me about this rumor that Bucky was seen in Texas sometime in 1987. Specifically, that Bucky was riding in a truck with others, and some guys who had it in for Bucky murdered him. In fact, the guy who told the story took Bucky's sister to the spot where he says it happened. Yet, no proof. Just some names. And this guy didn't do this until well after Bucky would have been back in Texas. Likewise, as we talked about in the interview, and the sister also mentioned this, Bucky's mother claims someone came to her home in the middle of the night to say that the sheriff in a nearby county killed Bucky. That sheriff would be James Wade in Orange County, Texas. Although it's certainly true Wade was corrupt, there's no proof Wade ever encountered Bucky let alone that somehow Bucky made it back to Texas without anybody in his family knowing, and somehow in no time ended up in jail. Of course, given the lack of substantial information regarding Bucky's disappearance, I'm not sure what to think. He could have overdosed and high-grade covered it up. They got into a fight and Bucky died. Bucky died at the hand of someone else. Bucky really did walk off into the deathly cold of Alaska and perished. Just about anything is possible. But personally, unless there is real information and not just rumors, I don't believe Bucky ever stepped foot back in Texas after he left in late 1986. What this means is, if Bucky's family wants to solve this disappearance, they're going to have to do like he did, and go north to Alaska. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.